0: And welcome to another episode of Inner City Spirit, a podcast hosted by myself, the Reverend Hannah Elizabeth Atkins Romero, Rector of Trinity Episcopal Church in Midtown, Houston, Texas. We're still in a pandemic, and we're still focusing on the ancient devotion called the Stations of the Light. Our guest today is the Reverend Joy Carol Wallace, who is the author of two books. The first, Beneath the Cassock, The Real Life Vicar of Dibley. And she was a role model and consultant for Richard Curtis at the beginning of that series, The Vicar of Dibley. she also wrote the woman behind the collar, the pioneering journey of an Episcopal priest. Currently, Joy lives with her family in Washington, DC, and teaches in the public schools there. We are so pleased that she took the time to reflect with us about our current situation and where we see the light of Christ shining in our world. The third station of the resurrection or station of the light is entitled The Risen One Appears to Mary Magdalene Apostle to the Apostles and this is an encounter with Jesus and Mary Magdalene on Easter morning as written in John 20 verses 14b through 18. She turned around and saw Jesus there but did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener and said to him, Sir, if you carried him away, tell me where you laid him, and I will take him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Stop holding on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and tell them, I am going to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary of Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord and what he told her. Joy, I want to thank you for being willing to join us on this podcast today. And um, my first uh, question would be if you would please tell us a little bit about yourself, so the listeners can know who you are.
1: Well, thanks, Hannah. It's really lovely to be um, with you today, um, remotely uh, by phone, um, and. It was lovely to visit your church in Texas a few years ago now. I uh, was ordained in the Church of England uh, as a deacon in 1988 and then as a priest in 1994. um, I was one of the first women to be ordained priest. And just briefly, in 1997, I I married Jim Wallace, who's from here in America, and moved to the States. And we had two... Children, two boys who are baseball players, and um, and so my life has been a mishmash of all kinds of different things since I left my full time work as a priest in the Church of England. Um, And here I've been, you know, I've been a baseball mum. I've been the commissioner of the Little League baseball. I've uh, I've run uh, the baseball boosters of the high school and the trip to the Dominican Republic that they take each year. For service and baseball, and um, and I'm the chair of the Wild Goose Festival, which happens every year in July, uh, where you and I have uh, a wild away (laughs) some hours.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that's me. Thank you. Um, And uh, you know, this podcast right now is focusing on the. devotion called the stations of the light. The third station of the light refers to Jesus's encounter with Mary Magdalene um, from the Gospel of John chapter 20 uh, verses 14b to 18 which we read uh, on Easter Sunday as well and uh, Mary Magdalene is a very powerful figure Um, known as the Apostle Mm. to the Apostles. And I'm wondering where you see that scripture as relevant in your life or in the times that we're living now. Mm.
1: That's good. I'm reminded of how alone she must have felt and how bereft are uh, full of grief, and I think that those are feelings that a lot of people are feeling at the moment, um, in isolation or frustration, and, and we're, we're grieving the loss of many things. Um, but, you know, across the board, I mean, we can, I can give you some examples from my life, but I think Merrick Magdalene, there is a picture that a lot of us can identify with and she she finds finds Jesus in the middle of her grief. But she doesn't realise that she found him. And in some ways I feel like how we've been stripped away of everything. It feels like life has you know, we've hit the pause button on life has been hit.
0: And yes. uh
1: yes. we've had everything stripped away from us. Mhm realization that Jesus was there and was resurrected uh, was only to be found in the midst of her grief and her desolation. And I think sometimes it's only when things are completely stripped away from us, all our safety nets and our support systems, our traditions, our routines, um, our daily patterns that Sometimes we discover things that we thought were gone and that were lost. My mum used to say, um, only when the lights go out that you can see the stars. And
0: mm. um, Oh, that's beautiful. So,
1: yeah. Sometimes in the midst of this desolation and grief is when we we can discover some beautiful things some resurrection.
0: So how are both those things? Mm-hmm playing out in in your life during this pandemic?
1: Well, you know, it's the biggest point of grief for for us as a family, And, and it might seem small in comparison to other people's grief. But my son, my oldest son is a senior in college, baseball player, and he lost his final semester of college, and he lost his final baseball season career. And 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 that's something that he had worked for his whole life and mm-hmm. had been had been playing baseball his whole life and we've invested in in him and supported him all these years and so to lose that was really devastating in a funny sort of way. Um, for us personally. And now as I say that's that's a very kind of small loss. It's not not huge in the grand scheme of things. But it certainly caused us some grief. And and then there are bigger things like um, the Wild Goose Festival, which sadly we have had to cancel um, or postpone. We're, we're lucky, really, because uh, we're in a position where the, the festival will survive and it will happen in 2021, which is the good news. Um, and uh, and yet, you know, it feels like that, that, that community is something people really need now, that sense of belonging to one another. Yes. And... Uh, so so, so it's what it's done though it's led us to find new ways to be community. How you know, we've all, we've wanted for a long time to find ways to expand the wild goose footprint, if you like, um, beyond just the festival, one weekend a year. You know, how can we be more of a, a wild goose hip hop, you know, all year round. And window of opportunity, I think, to find ways
0: to do that. So Joy, um, some people might not be as familiar with the Wild Goose Fest as those of us who've been there and enjoyed it. Can you tell us a little bit about what it is?
1: Yeah, well, the Wild Goose Festival is is a a, a long weekend uh, that happens every summer in the mountains of North Carolina. Um, where around 4,000 people come together to um, gather as a community celebrating faith, justice, and the arts. And people show up with their tents and their RVs, and uh, some people stay in the town or in cabins. But essentially, we all live together for four days, um, enjoying music, um, creativity, a conversation um and and it's really it's it's a lot of fun (laughs) bands play and we have speakers speaking and leading conversations um we have artists sharing their art and uh um, you know things like you know we celebrate every evening with beer and hymns we have a beer tent and uh we (laughs) we sing hymns
0: right there (laughs) That's always a lot of fun, yes.
1: Yeah. So the, uh, one of the other things that occurred to me uh, that's happened, is that, you know, a point of light for us as a family, is that um, our conversation around the dinner table has been really rich. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had more t- concentrated time together than we thought we would have with Luke coming from college mm-hmm. um, and all of us living together. Uh, day after day, and eating together. So, it, in the midst of sometimes the stepping and the and the arguments that inevitably happen.
0: Um, <laughs> of course, <laughs> uh, family. I don't want
1: to, don't want to paint an idyllic picture here, but yeah. you know, um, for example, yesterday, uh, my son Jack said, "So, so how does God work? And, and and what he was what he was asking really when we got to the bottom of it was, how does prayer work? Mm-hmm. What does this mean? You know, when we pray, uh, you know, what does what does that mean? Because God that doesn't answer everybody's prayers. and it led to a really um, fruitful and uh, rich conversation about prayer that we may never have had.
0: Any insight from that you want to share?
1: Well, it became clear that none of us none of us saw prayer as kind of shopping list where you ask God for things and hope that he'll answer, mm-hmm. depending on how virtuous you are. I mean, we've we kind of gone beyond that. We 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 can't change God's mind. And so, you know, in terms of the power of prayer, the power is not in us being able to change God's mind or for him to be persuaded by us that he should answer our prayer. More than anybody else, so that so we felt we got to the point where we felt prayer was more like um, coming the other way. where we receive, we receive from God power and nurture and encouragement, strength to deal with whatever it is we're having to deal with. And That God doesn't change what we have to deal with, and. I have a lot of questions myself about how much, you know, God does intervene. Mm-hmm. Um, without negating the power and the omnipotence of God, I think that, you know, the way this world works and our role in it as Christians is that we get on with it. We are the hands and feet of Jesus. And uh, but we in prayer we find our we find our grounding mm-hmm. and our you know the, the source of our strength to be those hands and feet of Jesus because he can't he doesn't have
0: the hands and feet, he doesn't intervene in those ways i might be being heretical but no there it's, we beautiful. Are. it's beautiful it's <laughs> beautiful i've heard um, somebody say that prayer doesn't change god prayer changes us and yeah. and gives us strength and fortifies us and gives us more a clearer mind um, to God's will.
1: That's so true. And then you, and when you see, you know, all the tributes to the caring people and the healthcare workers and the National Health Service in England. Um, and you see, you know, all the songs that are being sung over the over Zoom by all these choirs. Um, I remember when my kids were little, um, we used to watch Mister Rogers and you may have seen them, Mr. Rogers. my son was two and a half when that happened Mm -hmm. look for the helpers Mm -hmm. and i think that's where you find god when you look for the helpers
0: beautiful thank you
1: i think there are lots of things going to come out this will be very exciting and nurturing um yeah the wild goose is the uh, celtic symbol for the holy spirit so of course the, the holy spirit isn't confined to one place in the mountains and um and so, it might be exciting to see how the spirit moves uh, virtually, as it does anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe we're, we're just going to, you know, we're going to be uh, surprised by some of the beauty and creativity
0: that comes from this new way of being together. So going back to um, Mary Magdalene, the disciples knew about Jesus' resurrection. When she told them, and if they had not, they still had to go look for themselves. But if they had not listened to her, they they would not have um, known as as early. So yeah, um, they
1: mm-hmm, go ahead. Yeah, I think it's a wonderful picture. Mary Magdalene gives us a, a wonderful picture of um, of being really human. Mm-hmm. And in those days, you know, women were the lowliest of subjects. Um, and, and yet here she is being the first woman, the first person to go and declare and tell the others that Jesus had risen. Um, and so that's, that says a lot. And I think it's very encouraging for women that, you know, we, we can be used, we can be empowered and we can speak, and we do have a voice. Um, back back then, when women were first ordained in England, people didn't really know what to expect, even to the extent of hearing a woman's voice saying the prayer of thanksgiving over the bread and the wine, or being blessed by a woman, or hearing a woman preach. Um, and, and I think what changed people's minds was the experience of women's ministry. Mm-hmm wasn't an intellectual argument that women are equal um, and and therefore should be equal in the church. I think people kind of know that, but there was this gut fear um, mm-hmm. and people always fear that which they don't understand or haven't experienced and so when people began to experience the ministry of women in the church, they became convinced. Um, that was my experience, I'm sure that's your experience, that as people begin to experience the Ministry of Women, they, they realize that, you know, the sky isn't going to fall in and, uh, and, in fact, good things happen. I have another story to tell you. One of the lovely things that has happened uh, here is that Jack, my son who's on a high school baseball team, uh, he, his coach uh, owns a bar and a restaurant mm-hmm. and the coach... Uh, now that the team is is not playing and the season's been cancelled, ha- is having online cooking classes for his team. And every Wednesday night, all the boys put their aprons on and they, they, they follow his recipe. The coach and his wife lead them through a recipe and they cook it from scratch, dinner for their whole family.
0: That's wonderful.
1: No, <laughs> it's, so, it's so much fun, and I kind of stay out of the way, but I can hear all these boys laughing and <laughs> cooking together, and these are big, tough athletes.
0: Yes, that's wonderful. Uh, we
1: hear, you know, it's like, they're like caged animals in a way, but they're discovering new skills and um, uh, mental health and things that they would never have done. Um, if they have been busy playing baseball this season.
0: So there's some silver lining. Oh, I love that image. Thank you for sharing that story. <laughs> um, well, Joy, any last thoughts on, on, on any of this or things you'd like to share?
1: I think that now more than ever, we're being reminded of our common humanity and how important our dependence on one another is. Um, and I think we're being, um, we're being shown, with everything being stripped away, we're being shown uh, where all the inequities are and, and how we might come out of this being a better humanity and being taking greater care of the least of these who are the most affected in this pandemic.
0: Thank you very much for taking the time to speak with me today and thank you for um, your witness and your love and your commitment to the world and it's been a joy. Joy. Oh thank you, Hannah.
2: Thank In you, <laughs> the dark and dreamy There is nothing that-
0: Thank you for joining us on Inner City Spirit. The music you hear is Bobby McFerrin's Psalm 23, written for his mother. So we chose it as Mother's Day approaches in the States. are so appreciative of our our musicians April Sloan Hubert on vocals and Colin Boothby on the organ and of course to the Reverend Joy Carol Wallace for her time and her insights. For more information or other episodes of the podcast you can go to trinitymidtown.org.